Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1677 The Courage Crutch. A remarkable life requires you to overcome mediocrity, not fear. And have we lost our tolerance for a little boredom? Both by Cal Newport of calnewport.com and I'm your very own personal narrator, Justin Mollick, reading to you from some amazing blogs and books to help you optimize your life, covering self-help, personal development, happiness, productivity, and more. I have two posts for you today, so let's get right to them as we optimize your life. The Courage Crutch, A Remarkable Life Requires You to Overcome Mediocrity, Not Fear, by Cal Newport of calnewport.com. The Cult of Courage. The rhetoric surrounding career advice is saturated with calls for courage. Here are a few representative quotes I grabbed at random from the web. Quote, Sensational and successful entrepreneurs had the courage to pursue what makes their heart sing. Quote, As we move out of our comfort zones towards either accomplishing new things or approaching new levels of greatness, it's normal to lack courage. Quote, A great deal of talent is lost to the world for want of a little courage. Quote, In our day-to-day lives, the virtue of courage doesn't receive much attention. Instead of setting your own goals, making plans to achieve them, and going after them with gusto, you play it safe. Keep working at the stable job even though it doesn't fulfill you, end quote. The storyline told by such quotes is simple. You know what career decisions would leave you happy and fulfilled, but society and your family are fearful, dull, stupid, and devoid of useful wisdom, and will therefore try to scare you out of following this good path. You must, therefore, build the courage to overcome their fear-mongering so you can live happily ever after. The influence of this narrative and the broader courage culture that supports it provides me a ceaseless source of annoyance. Given that it's graduation season and the topic of career happiness is therefore relevant, I thought I'd offer a few thoughts about why this trope irks me so much and why you should treat it with caution. Three problems with the courage culture. Here are my main issues with the ideas promoted by the courage culture. First, it's narcissistic. The courage culture sets up a narrative where you are the noble warrior resisting overwhelming efforts to coerce you into conformity. It supports an almost conspiratorial worldview where unnamed forces are massed against your efforts to do something great. The reality, of course, is that you're not Frodo and there's no occupational Sauron to evade. No one cares what you do for a living. They care only about what tangible value you offer the world. Second, remarkable accomplishments are hard, not scary. Almost without exception, building a remarkable career requires that you become remarkably good at something valuable. This requires time and is hard, but it's not particularly scary. By the time most people are skilled enough to do something remarkable, the decision can seem more obvious than fear-inducing. Consider, for example, the founding of Apple Computer. Steve Jobs took the plunge into starting the company because Paul Terrell placed a six-digit order for Wozniak's remarkable Apple I. When someone offers you hundreds of thousands of dollars for a product you designed in your spare time, you don't need courage to start a company. You need instead the will to bust your ass. 
which is exactly what Jobs did. Stephen King provides another good example. He wrote in his spare time since he was a boy. He didn't quit his job to write full-time, however, until after he sold the paperback rights to Carey for $400,000. To quit a job that was paying him one-twentieth of that amount was an act of reasonable accounting, not courage. Third, it's insulting to people who know more than you about life. The idea that society, and more specifically, your parents and community, are steering you toward unhappiness because of their stupidity and irrational fear of uncertainty discounts the fact that their advice is drawn from many years of experience. They've lived longer than you. They've been through different careers. They've watched friends try different things. If you're an echo boomer, they've probably watched friends try wild outlandish things. They have, in other words, many hard-won data points to pull from when they offer their thoughts. It's possible, in other words, that your parents are discouraging you from quitting your job to start a blog business because it's a bad idea, not because they're myopic and meek. Bottom line, the courage culture paints a tempting picture of how people end up with remarkable lives. It tells a story where you're the main character, fighting evil forces, and ultimately triumphing after a brief but intense battle. The reality is decidedly less exciting. Remarkable careers require that you become remarkably good. This takes time, but not necessarily a string of defiant rejections of some mysterious status quo. The brevity of the courage culture's recommendations are a big part of their appeal. It takes a few weeks of courage to quit your stable job to pursue something bold. Building a real skill, by contrast, takes a long time and is much less fun. We shouldn't be surprised that people prefer the abridged version of this particular story. For most people who aspire to a passionate working life, in other words, the key is not overcoming fear, but instead overcoming mediocrity. Have we lost our tolerance for a little boredom? by Cal Newport of calnewport.com. Boredom matters. Earlier this week, I listened to a radio interview with New York Times food columnist, Mark Bittman. He was discussing his new book, Food Matters, which describes practical advice for eating consciously and healthy. One quote in particular caught my attention. He mentioned that a factor behind American obesity is that, quote, we've lost our tolerance for a little hunger, end quote. As soon as the slightest pang arises in our stomach, we dash off to the nearest source of calories, which is often processed and terrible for us. Bittman notes that it's okay to be a little hungry during the day. Having once lived a famished month in France, I know that other countries certainly concur with this concept. This idea got me thinking about a completely different topic, hard work. Inspired by Bittman's formulation, I found myself asking, have American students lost their tolerance for a little boredom? I should clarify, I'm not talking about big picture boredom with your life. I'm referring instead to the short-term malaise that arises when we lack a ready source of novel stimulation, the pressure behind your ears that builds 20 minutes into writing a paper or reading a tricky article. The more I advise students, the more I notice a growing lack of tolerance for this sensation. At the first sign of boredom, we reach for email or refresh a Facebook feed. A shockingly large amount of schoolwork gets done in a last-minute frenzy fueled by the adrenaline of an impending deadline and proceeding in a confusing, inefficient slurry of short work bursts constantly interrupted by quick hits of boredom-busting stimulation. This reality worries me. Exceptional things, be it ideas, writing, mathematics, or art, require hard work. This, in turn, requires boring stretches during which you ignore a mind pleading with you to seek novel stimuli. Maybe there's an email waiting that holds some exciting news. Go check. 
This all brings me back to the unavoidable, meddlesome question fueling this entire line of inquiry. If our generation loses its tolerance for boredom, will we lose our ability to produce things of exceptional quality? Have we lost the art of serious self-education and self-inquiry? Have I lost these abilities? These questions worry me, especially when, after just a few minutes of pondering their truth, I find myself tempted to see what's on TV. You just listened to the post titled, The Courage Crutch, A Remarkable Life Requires You to Overcome Mediocrity, Not Fear, and Have We Lost Our Tolerance for a Little Boredom? Both by Cal Newport of calnewport.com. One of the best things you can do for your kids is to teach them how to manage money. And this should be started when they're little. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Go Henry by Acorns, the smart debit card and learning app for kids six to 18. Go Henry helps kids learn about all things money, earning, spending, saving, budgeting, and so much more. You can even track their chores and pay their allowance right in the Go Henry app. And with their Go Henry debit card, they can put their skills to use in the real world. Plus, parents can set spend limits and get real-time notifications whenever their kids use their cards. I seriously wish I had this as a kid. I had to learn about money the hard way as an adult. If my parents had set me up with Go Henry as a kid, learning to adult would have been so much easier. Set your kids up for success and get started today at gohenry.com old. Terms and conditions apply. Renews from $4.99 per month, unless canceled. I'll keep this ending nice and short for you today. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you in the Wednesday show tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.